Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa Know-How. Napa Know-How. On today's show... We look back at a trade the Hornets were not able to pull off. Is that a good or bad thing? And we get an update on Cody Zeller and Miles Plumley's status for Thursday night. We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are locked on Hornets. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets, Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day whenever you need it. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Doug, it's good to be here. I missed the live show last night and I felt just, I felt so alone and so lonely at times. I, I had my, my, my spidey senses went off about 6 p.m. and I was like, I should be in the podcast zone. It was a really fun live show. You're going to hear part of it a little later, <clears throat> excuse me, in this show. The interview we did with Matt Rochinski taking us behind the scenes in New Orleans to the 2017 All Star Weekend. That was a fun interview. Uh, but we talked a lot about Lou Williams, David, in that episode mm. because the news broke right before we went on the air. And I have to tell you this. I'm standing up right now. That's how that's, – that's what this trade deadline has done to me. Doug, Doug, stop traffic. I'm standing up too. Can't believe it, man. I just – I stay up way too late. I'm on Twitter way too much. The trade deadline always gets me geeked, and especially because the Hornets are active in the trade deadline. I don't think that this oh, yeah. Lou Williams news – will be the last news we deal with uh, in the next day or two. All right, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Head over to iTunes, search Locked On, and find podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, golf, fantasy sports. It's the fastest-growing podcast network in the world. That live show was great as well, David, because we released information about our first T-shirt. It is yes. a it is a Kimball Walker All-Star Appreciation shirt. It's a throwback to win. Uh, All-Star jerseys were amazing, and this one modeled after the All-Star jerseys from the uh, the the last time the All-Star game was in Charlotte. David, yes. this is a really cool t-shirt, really great look. You can find it on LockedOnHornets.com slash merch, M-E-R-C-H, or just go to LockedOnHornets.com and click the link. And it's a great way to support this show and, and keep the lights on here and keep this great, the best Hornets talk in Charlotte to keep us uh, uh, going alive and well, and you get a cool shirt. So check it out. Yeah, exactly. We wouldn't steer you wrong. I'm, a, I'm an NBA t-shirt aficionado, so I, I stand, we all stamp this with our approval. This is David Walker approved. Okay, <laughs> let's, get, let's get to our reactions to this Lou Williams news. So the Hornets last night were aggressively pursuing Lou Williams, Los Angeles guard, uh, and, and looked like that uh, they weren't the only team, David. There were a lot of teams in the running for Lou Williams. Uh, people were describing it as a bidding war. And we knew even before we got the Charlotte news um, that there was a shakeup in the front office in Los Angeles. Magic Johnson uh, was the, is now the president of basketball operations, but 
uh, before this Lou Williams news hit, he was the only guy in the front office because they fired Jim Buss and uh, they fired Mitch Kupchak. And it looked like Magic was taking calls left and right on Lou Williams. Uh, But the Hornets do not end up with Lou. Unfortunately, he was traded to the Rockets for Corey Brewer and a first-round pick. I say, unfortunately, that's my opinion. But, David, what do you think? Yeah, I think we've talked about Lou a lot. It would have been nice to add him as a scorer off the bench. I, I, You know, the more we got into it last night, and, of course, this stuff happened fast and furious, right? Like, the, the news broke, I don't know, about 5.30 or so. And then was he traded by the time the show was over with you guys? No, it, it happened about 30 minutes after the show went down. Naturally. It, but, so, the, but it happened naturally, yeah, but it happened very quickly. Yeah. So, and when it came down, the more I started thinking about it, giving up that first-round pick seemed almost like a little too much to me, Doug, you know? Um, bringing Lou Williams on a 30 year old point guard, a backup point guard, right? In, in, in a spot that yes, the backup point guard is a position of need point guard is not necessarily a position of need clearly. And the more you look at, you know, some of Lou's numbers, career highs across the board, that usage percentage, did you guys talk about this at all last night? I don't know if I heard that from y'all. We did not get into usage percentage. Talk to me about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, the usage percentage is at 30.6. That's high. By far the hi- the, yeah, <laughs> that's high. That's by far the highest of his career. Uh, up from about 23 last year. It was 27 his last year in Toronto. I think that was his sixth man of the year uh, in Drake season. So, you know, he's certainly effective. I just don't know that you want to give up a pick in this year's draft, regardless of where it is. And this year it could be really good for the Hornets or, you know, it could be semi-good. But, you know, so, and that's that's apparently what it takes, what it, what it would have uh, taken to swing that trade. Yeah, they were looking for a first-round pick. In fact, uh, Magic Johnson was so confident that the Lakers would get a first-round pick out of Lou Williams, or, or the Magic, or, or the Lakers organization was so confident that they were offering that first-round pick in the DeMarcus Cousins trade negotiations, a pick that they did not have. But they were like, look, we've got a pick. Look, we're good for it. We're good for it. We got it. It's right It's right out back. We'll go get it. We'll show it to you that's, if you want to see it. That's an IOU. That's better than money. <laughs> um, I, was, I would have been okay with the Hornets uh, offering a first-round pick, and here's why. Last year, they offered a first-round pick for Marco Bellinelli. And I understand – here's the thing. I understand it will be a deeper draft, but it is still a draft. And, David, <laughs> you, you and I were discussing how it how – odd it is that people always value the pick but then once the player is drafted take buddy healed for example everyone was coveting that sacramento pick boston was offering um uh, boston was offering excuse me the new orleans pick boston was offering everyone all of this uh all of these picks to move up into the top 10 of the draft and then buddy healed gets traded to sacramento and everybody's like, well, Buddy Hills, he's not going to be anything. <laughs> it's like we value the right. pick itself over I the player. <laughs> right. We I all know. do. We I all do. So what I'm saying in this instance is if the Hornets are trying to get better, okay, they're trying to make the playoffs, that's going to put their pick somewhere, you know, if they, if they got to the seventh or sixth seed in the Eastern Conference, which would be the goal, then that puts their pick around, what, 18, 19, 20? Okay, that's what what's that going to I mean yes there's a possibility that could bring you a rotation player but we also know that there's a possibility it will not and I just if you're trying to get better now 
I guess part of my frustration of all of this, David, and and my my disappointment with not with the Hornets not acquiring Lou Williams, and I'm sure they gave it all they had, but I think the disappointment is more a disappointment with how this season has gone. They shouldn't have yeah. even needed to pursue Lou Williams at this point. This was supposed to be a team that could compete without hitting the trade market and looking for a piece. It was a team that should have been able to sustain a Cody Zeller injury, but it cannot. And sure. then, and then yeah. they had to move the two bigs they had. It's just, it's been a, a combination of bad luck and players well, underperforming. That, yeah. And so, so thinking that way, wouldn't that be another move that, yeah, I mean, they kind of were forced into doing, you know, and maybe not be best for the long run. I don't know. I mean, we're, we know they tried to do it. It seems weird that if they but were going is it, out but is after it this best in the long? That's what I'm saying. Is keeping the first-round pick best in the long uh, run? I don't know because this team has so much invested in veteran players. I don't know that that first-round well, pick gotta start getting, gets a chance start to develop. Too. I mean, they, yeah, they got to start getting younger, too. I mean, they have got to do better in the draft, and that's something they're going to have to take a look at from their scouting department on down, um, and they need to start with this year. But – yeah, I mean, you know, I, I wonder how aggressive they were. I mean, well, obviously they were aggressive, but I mean, a first-round pick and uh, Corey Brewer doesn't seem that like that aggressive of an offer from Houston, does it? No, and that's what I'm saying. Like, do you, yeah. does it, it's? I think the the team right now is in a weird limbo, in a purgatory. Mm-hmm. Do they do they want to make the playoffs, or do they want to just miss the playoffs and hit the lottery? And, or, or, well, really the question is, do they think that this lineup can get them to the eighth seed without making any changes, or do they, do they absolutely believe that they have to make a change? <clears throat> That's the question. All right, so yeah. um, Hornets got the band back together at Spectrum Center. The players that they do have, they got those guys back together last night, beginning their preparations for Thursday's return to action in Detroit. David, you know what that means. Do I? It's time to talk about practice. Yes. We're talking about practice. We will be perfect. Perfection. Perfection in every aspect of the game. What are we talking about? Practice. Practice. We did some stuff to warm up. We had officials come in and we just scrimmaged. You know, they got to get in there, get the ball in their hands. They're so used to being in rhythm and doing stuff almost every day. Uh, A lot of these guys probably traveled this morning. So uh, it's more... You know, it is what it is. It's just kind of blow it out, and then we'll, you know, we'll do more, like, detail work and stuff tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty intense today. It was really intense today. We started with NKG. You know, we know him. Now he brought some energy right from the start. So we set the tone. Technically, the first two plays, that was pretty amazing. So, I mean, that set the tone for everybody. Like, Marvin and I got to follow up. Everybody, like, that was a good practice, a really good practice. You could tell, I would say, that Almost to a man, they had been doing things. They didn't look terrible or anything, but you just got to have a night where you come in, they run up and down, get the ball in their hands. And uh, to me, the best way to do it is to scrimmage, you know. So, uh, you know, we played two full quarters. I also don't want to kill them because tomorrow morning we'll have like a real practice. Practice, practice. There you go, David. You heard from... You heard from Steve Clifford there. You heard from Nick Batum. An intense practice, a practice full of scrimmaging, trying to get these guys back and ready to go for Thursday night in Detroit. Also got an update on Cody Zeller and Miles Plumley. Zeller was able to go through warm-ups, but didn't do any of the scrimmaging, the contact stuff. 
they'll see if he feels comfortable enough doing that tomorrow. And I imagine that will go a long way in determining his status for Thursday. Coach Clifford said that Miles Plumley suffered what he called a setback. He said he aggravated his injured calf. More word on that after practice today. Uh, David, a few encouraging Jeez. words from Clifford said they didn't look terrible. That's <laughs> that's a start. It didn't look horrible, guys. Yeah, I mean that's probably the right way to approach it, especially if we still got all these guys banged up, man. Doug, so all right, well let's to take a step back here. I mean, if, if they can't get these guys right, Cody Zeller in particular, and if he can't play for the bulk of these remaining games, I don't think it matters if they got Lou Williams. You know what I mean? Like. Do you think from that standpoint, I, I don't know that they could have done a lot. They're going to be able to do a lot more without Cody this season. Well, it would have, I think it would have helped them sure, sure. survive because the, the, it would have increased some scoring off of the bench. But I agree with you there. And, and our smart viewers and listeners to Locked On Hornets Live mentioned this uh, in the chat that Lou Williams solves a hole. He doesn't solve all the holes. Wait a second. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? He solves a need. Don't call me. He solves a need. He doesn't solve all of the needs. Okay. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long week. I told you I stayed until like 1 o'clock figuring out where Bojan Bogdanovic is going to go. We've got to get this trade Somebody deadline. take my people. phone Doug away. Not, he's not going to make it. We've got to get you through this uh, trade deadline. Panda, panda. Um, panda, panda. Panda, panda. Thanks. Panda. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Alex. That made me feel um, So that's the biggest thing out of that one, Doug, for me. That that little sound bite. The guys aren't healthy. Cody can't even go through full drills at this point after sitting out. So that's a concern. All their other guys, I'm, I'm hoping they traveled safely. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to say at this point. It's become it's become that that big a deal. Well, they everyone got back safe. They are practicing yep. again, and, and I think we're going to get a better indication. It's it's probably tough, you know. Guys just get back in in the morning, sure. and you get them into practice. And um, you know, Clifford said there. He play. said Clifford yeah. said, "Blow it out." You know, just get everybody back in, get everybody's mind right, get everybody, you know, playing basketball again. And then I think yep. tomorrow they're going to get more, or today rather, this morning, they're going to get more detailed. And, and we're going to find out, I think, from Coach Clifford after today uh, where, where this team's head is as they head into what I think is the most important matchup of the season against the Detroit Pistons. And I'll say this, yeah. uh, if I think at this point – if Zeller can do anything contact-wise, anything in terms of scrimmaging, then he'll see action again. It's it's that it's at that point. It's you know, I don't critical. I know you don't want to risk further injury, but at this point, quad soreness, if it's good enough to go, then then you let him go. And I'll tell you what, this plumley thing, I mean, you mentioned it, Doug, they this season, it just feels like they can't get a win anywhere <laughs> on the court off the court injuries trades acquisitions i mean they're bringing this guy like we talked about to give some punch to the bench unit and, and the front court and and he gets hurt in what like the second game you know first home game here so not his fault obviously but another frustrating scenario that they they can't do a whole lot about right now 
Tough luck for sure. Uh, let's, but let's end this show on a positive note. We got a great yeah. interview coming up with uh, Matt Rochinski. He's the director of interactive media for the Charlotte Hornets. He was in New Orleans, has a great, funny story at the end of this interview. So you want to stick around uh, for the whole thing. Let's send it over to Locked On Hornets Live and Matt Rochinski. We wanted to get some behind-the-scenes looks at what happened at a very exciting 2017 NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, first of all, how well did New Orleans do with putting on the event on such a short notice? Uh, I'll just say they didn't do as well as Charlotte would have, huh? There you go. go. I, like I like that, that answer. answer. I like that <laughs> answer. That 20, answer. Hashtag 2019. <laughs> I like yes, it. exactly. And it was good to hear the commissioner continue to talk about how much they want to get this back to the city of Charlotte and how important it is to the NBA. So I still look for it to, you know, hopefully we'll have it in 2019 and things will work out well. What's it like covering an event like that? I mean, there's media everywhere. You've got the biggest stars in the NBA and you've got all of the, the you know, uh, superstars from years gone by. What's it like covering an event like that? I'll tell you what, it's a little bit of mass chaos yeah. <laughs> is, is, I guess, the best way to describe it. You know, you've got to get everywhere early, make sure you're set up, get through you know, your credential lines. And then, you know, dealing with all the other media that's there is an absolute handful because everybody wants to, to talk to everybody. And, you know, our biggest focus was making sure we get our guys and Frank and getting Kemba and getting as much content as we could behind the scenes for our fans so they could kind of follow them through the whole All-Star experience. And it was an absolute blast. You know, you never really know what to expect when you're heading into something like this. We knew we had two guys and it was going to be a busy working weekend for us, obviously. But, you know, you really want them to perform well when they're out there. And that was probably the best thing about this whole weekend was how well both Frank and Kemba did on a national stage when given the opportunity and, you know, how much fun they were having with it. I mean, they were an absolute, you know, joy to be around and, and they were looking forward to us every time we walked up to them with a microphone and a camera. So it worked out pretty well. Um, Matt, speaking of, of all the chaos and, and having to do with so many media members being there, how much work um, do you actually do over this course of those days? Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's funny. Cause you know, everybody says, Ooh, you're going to New Orleans. That's going to be a great time. Party! Yes, you, you are, you are in the big easy and, and it's having, you're having fun, but we flew in on Thursday morning, um, got there around 12 o'clock around noon, New Orleans time, uh, and instantly went to work. We had to, you know, meet the guys at the hotel, get that behind the scenes footage of them arriving, talk to them about their trip. And then we headed over to the media circuit, you know, and had to do all of the media circuit coverage. And then because both Frank and Kemba are Jordan brand athletes, there's other Jordan brand coverage that was going on. Um, so Thursday night, they went out to a, a local high school for the Jordan brand classic, you know, just to be out there, talk to some of those kids, meet them, you know, just kind of represent the Hornets and Jordan brand as well. So that was a really cool event. But by the time we get home and then start putting everything together with the day's coverage, you know, it's next thing you know, it's midnight, one o'clock before everything's done. And, you know, this 41 year old man, I'm not going out to the streets of Bourbon, you know, out on Bourbon Street at 1.30 in the morning. Uh, I'm not ready for that anymore. You know, I just, I just can't deal with it. So it was, it was fun. You know, we, Friday was also another busy day. We finally had a chance to go out on Saturday night a little bit. Um, but that was really the only night we got to experience any kind of fun part of New Orleans. I'll tell you what, though, we did make time to try and find the best food that we possibly could. And there there was two places we stopped. That if anyone ever gets to New Orleans, go to Katie's. Hot tip. And, 
Yeah, Katie's was absolutely tremendous. Um, you know, they you obviously got to try the gumbo everywhere, but uh, you know, I went with their jalapeno ribs out there. It was it, it was absolutely amazing. Ooh. And then we found the best. What I'd like to on a tip from Mr. Rich Cho himself. We oh. know how much he likes food. We went to the Redfish uh, Grill on Bourbon Street to try their gumbo, and it was out of this world. Trey Magnifique. Well. Yeah, so those were the two trips we were most excited about to get some good food in our stomachs, you know, and so you, really experience New Orleans flavor. So you guys have a lot of work when you go down there. We saw Kimba and Frank doing work in their respective events, but what else goes into attending an All-Star Weekend for the players? Um, there's so much, you know, in terms of media coverage, because you not only have the media availability session where you're going through all the different circuits, talking to ESPN, ESPN radio, on Sirius XM satellite radio, doing shoots for all the NBA social media accounts. Instagram had a nice little exclusive NBA feature um, that they ran uh, from uh, the media circuit with these guys and Kemba. I don't know if you saw him in the crown where he's got all the New Orleans sparkle behind him and stuff like that. So there was some cool stuff there. They also, the thing I do love about all-star is that there's a lot of community appearances that are going on. They really make sure that you've got the best of the best in the NBA out there and they want them to get out into those local communities and really kind of make an impact. And so the guys had multiple CR events that we had to cover um, in terms of, you know, helping put back together some school playgrounds. Uh, Frank did that and helped kind of, get a hammer in his hand and, you know, play Mr. Fix it with the rest of his teammates. Kemba went out and did a, 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 a session with at one of the Tulane university that was really a camp for kids for some underprivileged kids and went out there with DeMar DeRozan and Isaiah Thomas, and Kyle Lowry. And so it was good to see the guys get out in the community as much as they can. I think that, you know, every time we were at every one of the events, you know, Kemba would always walk up to us and just be like, man, I'm getting tired. You know, they got so much that's on their plate, but Hey, you know, it's, it's a good problem to have when you're an all-star. And I know Kemba, he definitely wanted to be doing those community events here in Charlotte. And he talked about, you know, his, feelings about it not being in Charlotte. You got a chance to talk with some of the other All-Stars and the staff uh, there in New Orleans about Kemba Walker. What's the opinion around the league of what Kemba has been able to accomplish this season? Yeah, our biggest thing is we wanted to reach out to the other guards. We talked to Isaiah Thomas. We talked to Kyle Lowry. We talked to Kyrie Irving. You know, all the guards that were on that Eastern uh, squad just kind of really talked to them about, hey, there's five point guards on this roster. Kemba Walker's making his first appearance. What are you? What are your opinions on Kemba? And I'll tell you what. I think that Kemba Walker has tremendous respect from every single person that we talk to in the NBA. Every coach that we talk to in the NBA, they admire his work ethic and admire the fact that he has had to work so hard to get to where he is. He's not one of those guys that came in the league and just exploded right away. Mm. He obviously was, you know, when he got here in Charlotte, was the worst season ever. You know, had yeah. the seven win <laughs> seven win season he had to deal with, and coming from a UConn championship team. That was a hard year for him, obviously. And so he's really dedicated himself through the course of each season and each offseason to improve his game. Uh, you know, he was in a three-point contest, and this guy, two or three years into his career, couldn't hit a three-pointer. So it's amazing to see what he's done, and the other players respect him for that. You know, Isaiah Thomas told us, like, I really look at his path as the same path that I had. Maybe a guy that was too small coming up, nobody really had a whole lot of confidence in and had to work for everything that they've earned. And, you know, John Wall, who was like a brother to him almost, you know, not only did they kind of look like that was one of the topics of All-Star, them guys getting confused with some media members, but but not only did they look <laughs> like they really, 
they really have a tremendous relationship that they've had for years now. And they're the thing that was fun to see was just how excited these guys were for Kemba, uh, you know, talking to Brad Stevens, you know, about the chip that he had on his shoulder for Kemba Walker, because UConn beat Butler in the national championship game. One of the funniest comments we got on the weekend was when he said, you know, I've got 11 guys I got to find playing time for, and then there's Kemba. So, <laughs> so, you know, it was, it was good to see that relationship and just see the two of them behind the scenes, really kind of hitting it off. Uh, Brad Stevens has known Kemba for a long time back from his AAU days and and really has tremendous respect for what Kemba Walker has done. And everybody was thrilled to see him be an all-star and they wanted him to succeed out there. And Kemba Walker seemed so thrilled to be there, Matt. That's what I took away from watching all of his interviews and his interactions is that he was having such a great time. I don't think I've ever seen Kemba Walker smile as big as he did <laughs> after some of these events. What do you think this trip meant for him and do you think that it could have some carryover into this you know last third of the season I definitely think it can I think you know as much as Kemba always is a team first guy you know covering this team you know that is a fact that you know he's always going to give the love to his teammates for helping him get to where he's got to and and really give them their credit this was really kind of validation for Kemba you know, to know that he is in that top elite group of players in the NBA and to feel comfortable being around it. I mean, I, I think even he was a little starstruck sometimes just because of the massive amounts of media you got going on and the guys you look at when you're sitting there on the practice court, and you've got LeBron to one side, you got Kyrie on one side, you know, and all of these other all-stars that are just the best of the best in the league and to know that I think early on he kind of stayed back a little bit, but then as the weekend progressed, he got more involved with those guys and kind of really started to feel like he was fitting in. And, you know, coach talked about it before the break, that the break was definitely needed for this team. We all know that the way that this team was playing headed into the break is not the way any Hornets fan wants to see him play. And I think it really just kind of lifted Kemba's spirits you know, got him fired up. I think he's excited to get back to the city of Charlotte. <clears throat> They're practicing right now. Uh, we got guys over there covering it for us. But, you know, you know that he's going to bring that excitement, that enthusiasm back in. And I'll tell you what, there were a lot of media members asking him the same question. What do you guys got to do to get a turnaround? How important is getting back to the playoffs for you? There is no doubt in my mind that that's how he's going to come out and play. He's going to showcase the best Kemba that we're going to see and do everything he can to get this team back into contention and back into the playoffs. And Matt, before we let you go, at at any course in time of your time in New Orleans, were you ever starstruck? Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, here's a funny story. All right, so <laughs> we're, we're leaving the All-Star, you know, the All-Star game is done, so we've got to go downstairs from the press box to get down to the media mix zone. And we get down and come out the stairwell, and I'm with Aaron Gradwell, our senior manager of social media, who we all love and did an absolutely tremendous job out there, as well as I got to give props to my crew real quick. You know, Aaron Gradwell, Jace Darling behind the camera, absolutely amazing. And, and Brian Travis, you know, that guy had the worst job in the world trying to corral both Frank and Temple <laughs> all the time <laughs> and get them whenever we needed them. But we're coming down the stairs and we get to where we've got to turn left to go to the media mix zone. And I see that there's, you know, a uniformed police officer. And usually if they want you to stop, if refs are coming or whatever it might be, they'll stop you. But they didn't stop us. So I just kind of made the left and was following behind the police officer. Then I looked to my right and there's like three guys in suits with earpieces in. And I got Aaron behind me and she's kind of like, what is going on? And she, I guess she turned around. And when we made the left to get back into the media mix zone, she said, do you know what you just did? I said, no, what did I do? She's like, you totally cut off Beyonce and Jay-Z. <laughs> apparently, oh, apparently. What have apparently, you done? 
apparently as we were walking, I made a left turn when I saw the cop. He didn't stop me. And I just kept walking, and we kind of held up their security group, uh, uh, unfortunately. So she said she turned around, and Beyonce was standing right behind her. I was like, well, I was just doing my job, man. I got to get this content. Hey, duty calls. So, <laughs> exactly, that's, exactly. that's a perfect story, Matt, because it's when you work for Michael Jordan, It's I think it's, right. re- it's probably really tough to be starstruck. But Bay right. and Jay... That'll do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you're cutting off Queen B, I guess that's 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 a little bit of an impact that'll make on you. Matt Rochinski, Hornets.com, director of interactive media for the Charlotte Hornets. He was in New Orleans taking some time to take us behind the scenes. Matt, we'll let you get back to it. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, guys. It's official. Podcasts are where advertisers want to be. More and more people are listening to podcasts every day, and studies show that podcast listeners are some of the most engaged consumers out there. If you have a business or service, consider a sponsorship on Locked on Hornets. Rates are affordable, and you'll be supporting the best Hornets talk anywhere. Send an email to buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com for more information. All right, thanks again to Matt Rochinski, Director of Interactive Media for the Charlotte Hornets. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Rochinski. David, funny stuff there. Good stuff from the weekend that was. It was, again, we're, we're looking forward to this these 26 games ahead, but it was, again, you can't understate how awesome it was to see Kimba and Frank at All-Star Weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool, and, and and hopefully we'll see more of that in the coming years. Yeah, and again, we are appreciating Akimba's All-Star in, yes. our, in our own way by uh, making a T-shirt, which you can buy on LockedOnHornets.com. Check it out. Really cool Limited t-shirt. edition. Limited. That's right. It's limited. Only, I believe there's only uh, under 20 left. So this Ooh. is our first foray, and it's a great way to – because uh, all of the proceeds are going to go right back into this show, and it's a great way to keep our lights on. So um, check it out, LockedOnHornets.com. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, give us a five-star review. Help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tomorrow with a full preview of this game coming up against the Detroit Pistons. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked on Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m.